Hi, this is Jeff Sokol, author, financial business owner, and family man. Join us as we deep dive into what it takes to be a man in today's world. We'll cover everything from exposing financial truths, politics, and entrepreneurship, all to help you in your role as a father, provider, and a husband. This is not a safe space. So buckle up for some controversy, subscribe, download, and we'll see you on the show. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm here, Vincent Wetzel, the VP of Smart Wealth with CEO Jeff. It's been a while since we last spoke. Why don't you tell us, Jeff, it looked like you went into the trenches a little bit. What'd you dig up for us over these last week or so, man? Oh man, (laughs) the trenches, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, man, just been really getting it out there as providing more and more content because we talk about mindset a lot in what we do with Smart Wealth. And A lot of what I do is being able to go and make sure that I wake up in the morning, you know, really early and and try to get into the mindset of what I have going on for the day and all these ideas start popping. So I write down all these ideas and then I go and I implement them throughout the day and try to catch up on this. Wait, wait, let's just hold up there for a moment. So you're saying when you wake up, your mind's fresh and things start coming in and you actually jot it down on paper, what's going on? Yeah, man. So I keep this journal. Uh, and I started journaling a long time ago because of uh, when I was listening to Jim Rohn. He's always talking about journaling. So I keep this journal next to my bed because, see, when your mind goes into theta, what happens is when you're between 4 a.m., whenever you wake up, you've got this 20-minute time period where your left brain and right brain are working together. Okay, so you're not all right brain or whatever the case is. You're still in this middle ground where you're working together. And that's where all these ideas flow from. And so, because you're actually tapping into your subconscious. So your subconscious is still in the mix there with your conscious mind. And so you can access it. And and that's where all these amazing ideas come from, right? So then we just go in and write those things down. I'll even send my, if I don't have this within reach, I'll actually send myself an email on my phone and I'll just title it uh, Theta. (laughs) And I can go back to my emails and check it out and see what it was I had going on for the day. Because I've always been this guy where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. And I'm 30 minutes later after a shower, and I don't remember that. Then the day happens, Then right? the day happens, yeah. And, and All of a sudden gets, the bacon gets... hits the table and you're like, whoa. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I was like, what was I wanting to do, you know? And you just can't access it. You can't get back to it. So writing it down has been extraordinarily powerful. I would suggest anybody do that. Uh, by the way, guys, this is our first podcast with Smartwell. So we've done some other stuff before. We've done a lot of videos and stuff like that. Vincent and I have been working together for a couple of years now. But I tell you, this is our first podcast, bro. You know, I think this is going to be pretty great. But what, what we do with, with Smart Wealth, so you know, we're all about, man, I don't want to say anti-anything really, but we're all about helping people save money in retirement, not just save money in retirement because that sounds really boring, but we help you to not lose money in retirement. We help you to learn the secrets that, when I say secrets, I don't mean like, it's a secret. What I'm talking about is it's the ability to know what other people know that are creating wealth in the world, okay? Right, and, everyone eats, right? Sometimes people need different condiments to kind of help the flavor come out <laughs> of the food. Yeah. Same thing we're doing here, right? Right, right. The thing is, you've got different methodologies to do this. You've got guys like Dave Ramsey out there, for example, who has a very different outlook and a very different methodology from what I do. You know, we show people how to live well now 
and retire rich. As a matter of fact, we show people, it is right, Vincent, that they can get an additional 300% in retirement income tax-free than they can listening to these radio gurus out there. And They're never going to lose money in the stock market. They don't have to worry about going bankrupt when they get sick. And There's so much out here that is in my books and stuff like that that people just don't know about. So much about prosperity that people just don't know about. And another thing, bro, we're headed for a market collapse right now. Most people don't know that. I mean, we're, it looks good on the outside. Like there's this big shiny box and everybody's like, man, I need to get a part of that shiny box. But dude, there's like coal inside the box. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's not pretty. And and only a few people are making diamonds. Yeah, man. It, it, uh, yeah. You've only got a few diamonds getting out of there. But most of that box, bro, is a big lump of coal. What goes up must come down. This inflationary period, and I don't want to sound like a bear, but at the same time, this inflationary period that we're looking at right now is just not going to last. It can't last. It doesn't have the opportunity to last. So what we're looking at is saying, hey, there's this thing going on, and it's cool to make hay while the sun's shining, but now you got to move those assets, move that stock, move those whatever you have in 401ks, mutual funds, whatever the case is, put it somewhere safe now because this is not going to last. Hitting 28,000, it's going to go to 30,000, 29,000, all this stuff. And then it comes back and people are like, we're going to see 45,000. I wouldn't bet on it. I think that Trump's a great president, but I, I really just wouldn't bet on this, man. I mean, I wouldn't bet on this market. I wouldn't bet long-term that this is going to be sustainable. And when you look at it, only the guys at the top of these companies are making any money. That money is not getting passed down. What's going on is there's money coming in to the companies, but it's not trickling down to the rest of the market to show that the entire economy is bolstered just because the Dow's high right now. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So when the people are seeing these inflated numbers on CNBC, what they're looking at is a bunch of money going into a corporation. The, the Dow Jones is in no way indicative of how well the overall economy itself is doing. Now, are there no, more not at all. Are there more like, jobs right now? I don't know right if, if yeah, people that are listening on the, on the line know as well that sometimes people within a company, they go overseas to develop the company somewhat, and they come back and they end up buying stocks in their own company mm-hmm. to make it seem like it's performing better than what it is. A lot of them do that. Now, I'm not taking it away from what President Trump has been able to accomplish with where we are right now. But what we're seeing right now with these unemployment numbers and stuff like that, that are really super low, it's something to be congratulated. It really is. But with the strings that these guys are trying to pull, especially on the back end, it's just not pretty. It's not pretty. It's not, you know, we're seeing trucking numbers are down, stuff like that. And which are things that are indicative of how well an economy is actually doing. Right. Yeah, I've heard the three things to look at, too, is you want to look at, you know, how many people are defaulting on student loans, yeah. how many people's cars are getting repossessed, how many people are losing out on their mortgages. Those are going to be good indicators telling you where the economy is going, not just sometimes things are a little bit inflated here and there. I'm glad you brought that up, man, because that's the kind of thing that we're trying to inhibit is cars getting repoed and all this you know, student loans being defaulted on. Student loans in general. I mean, you've got these guys out there that are saying that what you're supposed to be doing is going to school so you can get good grades in high school so you can go to a good college so you can get a good job and get a good job so you can slave away for 40, 45 years and hopefully retire. And, you know, guys, the pension's gone. There's no more pension anymore. You know, back then there were in the 80s and even into the 90s, there were 70s and 80s and 90s. There, There were pensions before that, obviously. But yeah, you go to school so you can get a good job and, and stuff like that when that stuff actually worked. Vincent, I don't think that those are working today, to be honest with you. 
I mean, these guys are going to school now and coming out. Well, everybody's got a master's oh. degree, you know? Yeah, I mean, we were all told to go to school, but now trades are going to come back again. You watch. Trades the are next supposed 10, to come back, years. man. I mean, look, my great-grandfather came over, over here into South Texas as, as a blacksmith, okay? And I say great-great-great-grandfather, okay, in 1880 – moved from Austria and he was a blacksmith, man, you know, and his son was a blacksmith and his son was my grandfather and he was a blacksmith and in the oil and gas that started our family's journey to the oil and gas industry, all from South Texas. And, and I tell you, trades are coming back in a big way. Greatest advice my father ever gave me. He said, Jeff, you need to learn a trade. Learn a trade, son. That way, if everything goes to hell in a handbasket, you can do something and you can provide for your family. And and I tell you, man, that's, of course, with technology, there's different kinds of trades out there. But man, what happens if the technology is not there? What happens if you need to be able to do something with your hands? You need to be able to run electrical conduit. You need to be able to make things. You need to be able to fabricate, do whatever the case is. You know, whatever we need to do to survive as an economy. You know, the very basic stuff. And that's something that I believe that men should know how to do in general, you know, to make sure that we have the ability to provide for our families come what may. Ain't, ain't that the truth? Yeah. You got to be versatile, right? When it's not just you, you're worrying about, you got your cubs that you got to worry about. Yes. All of a sudden it brings out a different character. It does. So, so Jeff, we're looking at with this podcast, we're not just going to be talking about retirement all the time, no. right? When they turn on to us, are they going to be hearing the same topic over and over on repeat? God, are I we going to be diving into new things and coming out on top and letting people know kind of what the surface truly looks like. And then also getting feedback from the audience, right? Yes, Maybe they want to hear a topic. I think that's the most important thing is to understand what our what our audience has to say and get feedback from them and see really involve the audience and what's going on here. That's what we want to do is make sure that the audience is a part of this because who are we doing this for? It's We're doing it for the audience. And so people can understand and we can get that message out there that we there's a different way to be successful than we've been taught traditionally, okay? And no, you don't have to live like a pauper in order to hopefully retire one day. You know, you don't have to live poor just so you can retire. That's absolutely absurd. When I was 18 years old, I think I might have told you this story before. When I was 18 years old, my dad shows me this sheet, you know, that he got from his financial advisor. And it says, if, you know, if you invest, you know, I think it was $100 a month, right, into an account that's doing 10% a year. By the time you're 65, you'll have like $2.7 million or something like that. And I was like, oh, you know, that's really cool. So basically you're saying that, you know, you can work at McDonald's your whole life and still retire a millionaire. He says, and he gets a scowl on his face, you know, because he's a big oil and gas guy. And he looks at me, he goes, yeah, downside to that being you have to work at McDonald's your whole life. And, and so the mindset of living like you're poor just to retire from that point forward, it never really clicked with me. This world has so much to offer, bro. Yeah, There's absolutely. so much to see. There's so much. There's so many experiences that you can give your family. And, and just for you guys all to know, when we say tomorrow, we're not 100% sure tomorrow's ever going to happen. No. So if we're putting everything away for a rainy day, what if the rain doesn't come? Well, that's true. At the same time, Guys like Dave Ramsey and, you know, some of these other gurus out there that tell you to live like no one else so you can live like no one else. Well, that's fine, but that doesn't mean that you have to live in a trailer and drive a jalopy just so you can stack away all the extra money. Because let me tell you, if you're putting it in mutual funds, I hate to break it to you. Mutual funds are going to lose 40 to 50, 60 percent 
we've not, already seen not that only happen. that but you're also in a second tier market at that point no yeah. one's going to tell you that because you're making the company money then they go and invest and do we think that we're getting returns like the top executives are getting within the company no. i mean where do all so is that why the percentage is lower in their returns because they have to pay out and pay out and pay out before you finally get paid no i wouldn't think so at least not in 401ks but at the same time when there's these mutual funds for example that are well diversified and, and stuff like that well that means that the whole economy takes a bath the whole market takes a bath everything's taking a bath all right and warren buffett used to say that the only reason you would need to diversify is if you don't know what you're doing whenever you invest, you see? So that's why people invest in mutual funds and, and the mutual fund is well diversified. And the reason why they do that is because they don't know what the hell they're doing. They have to hedge. Warren Buffett doesn't do that. He doesn't hedge like that. He doesn't invest in everything. He buys and he's not betting on a stock. He's betting on a company, a company that's well investigated and in cash flow. So he buys in companies that are proven. You, you know how long it took him to invest in Apple? He invested in Apple a couple of years ago. I mean, so it had to prove itself before he would go and buy millions of dollars worth of stock. And so, and that's a big company, man. I wouldn't, I mean, I remember when Apple was two bucks a share back in like 2000 or something like that. It was way low. And Disclaimer so, note though, I still use Android for life. And yeah. I don't know if you iPhone users out there, <laughs> I don't know if you know, but most of the software is Samsung and iPhone's not even doing the software. Yeah, that's right. You know, I'm a big Android guy, always have been. I don't want to get caught in that Apple trap, but you know. They're cool. They have cool products. They have good products and whatnot. But I think it's a it's like it's a trap you can't really get out of. You know what I mean? That's what that's what I look at when I see it. I'm like, yeah, everything functions together and it's neat, but then it updates and it doesn't work. Yeah, it's like Pleasantville or something, right? Or the the <laughs> Sefford wives where you go to this robotic land and everyone's happy and smiling. Like <laughs> you're literally in an alternative world for that. Right. So but no, man, I mean, as far as as what this podcast is about, it's not just about retirement. It's not just about only money and stuff like that. But we do have a general message to get across and that we want to focus on and we want our audience to understand that there are alternatives to what's being taught out there. And these guys are selling millions of books, bro. I mean, preaching horseshit. And I understand there's a market for it. There's a market for people to be comfortable in their mediocrity. That's what it is. It's for, it caters, and this is disgusting, but it caters to that safe space that says, hey, I can retreat from responsibility and having to be tough and strong and provide well. I can retreat back to this safe space where I can just do the minimum amount and put money away. And in that way, hopefully one day, if the stock market doesn't crash again, I can retire. And I don't want my family living like that. I don't want anybody living like that. You've got some really, really wealthy guys that look at that kind of logic and say, man, that's crap. They look at, you know, you got guys like Robert Kiyosaki, for example, Grant Cardone, you know, even Donald Trump. They look at this, at that methodology and say, yeah, if you don't have any ambitions in life and the lies that you told your, your fiance or the lies that you told your girlfriend to become your fiance are never going to come true. And it's 20 years down the road, 10 years down the road, and you haven't provided for her yet, like you said you were going to. Are you just going to retreat and pull back or are you going to kick it in gear? Most people, bro, don't want to kick it in gear. They no. say no. Well, most most people don't get up and write their action plan either that you spoke about in this call. Well, that's true. That's true. Most people don't do that. Most people don't have those habits. And so that's another thing that we go into. Back in 2012, I wrote a book called Get in the Game. And it talks about all these mindsets and all these action plans and all, all these things. And I'm just going to tell you the cold, hard numbers. 97% of people 
aren't going to do that. They'll buy programs, they'll buy coaching, they'll buy all this other stuff, and they'll look at it and they'll, they'll say, okay, well, you know, I spent $237 on this program. I'm going to go ahead and do it and, and get this stuff done. And most people don't do it. They, they'll go through the videos or they'll go through six out of 12 and then they'll stop watching it and then they, they won't complete the videos. I've done that and I'm a driven guy. If I've done that, I know that most people, most people don't complete those things. And at the same time, if they do complete them, they're not going to implement. You're talking about 3% of people that are actually going to implement the things that they, that they pick up. And, and for everybody that's listening and feeling, well, I'm part of the 97, it's not for me. You guys, we all just got to know, I learned this a long time ago. There's a big difference between creating a habit and creating a life change. Yes. And habits take, you know, three, four weeks. I mean, you need to be diligent and start a habit. And three or four weeks later, you have a habit. But to get a life change, you need to go 40, 50 days. And at that point, then it just becomes you kind of reprogram yourself Mm -hmm. i mean i I don't know anybody that's moved recently i just went through a move and i went back to my old house i kid you not it was not even three four days later i felt personally like i never even lived there like it wasn't my home so what i'm getting at here is we do adapt we do evolve but we've got to get out of our comfort zone and we have to move on before that's even possible for us. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest things, man. I mean, right here, I'm in my office in, my, in Montana, and I didn't know anybody in Montana. We bought this ranch out here, and I'm able to work out of here, and I can work from wherever. That's lifestyle design. Okay. You don't have to go to an office anymore. There's technology allows you to work from wherever you want to. So this is my office space. I have a cabin in Montana. You know, we have a house house, but at the same time, the original part is the cabin, which is my office, which is, I kind of like, right. But man, we didn't know anybody in Montana. I didn't know anybody when I moved to New York. I mean, I knew one guy, one guy when I moved to Manhattan and that was back in 2001, whenever I started in finance, right. So getting out of your comfort zone has never been something that it's been a problem for me personally, but man, so many people like to stick that comfort zone and these gurus cater to that. They cater to that comfort zone because people want to be fed the BS that tells them, oh, that's okay. Stick to your comfort zone. Stay small. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to stretch. You don't have to stretch. Just, just stay there. You're going to be fine. Just stay in it. That's what your brain tells you. That's how you're wired. Getting out of your comfort zone is painful and people don't want to do that. But that's what they have to do. That's what they well, have isn't to do. Isn't it nice when you have a team around you, other individuals, a community? Oh, we didn't even tell them that we're going to be having a Facebook community for everyone to come in and kind of gather around and, yeah. and, and everyone can kind of, you know, talk shop a little bit if need be. Yeah. So we can be real with some of our problems, right? Sure. Because you find out if you put a problem on the table and three other people raise their hand and have the same problem, you're not alone. Right, right. And that's the biggest thing is being able to have like-minded people that you can work with and that you can talk to and be, that you can be around. My mentor says that you are the, you're the sum total of the five people that you hang around with the most. And you're going to have their personality, their mindset, and especially their income. Okay, so you're going to be the average of the five people you hang around the most. So you got to make sure that those five people that you hang out with and talk to the most are the type of people that you want to be. And even a level above, in my opinion, you know, the people that you hang out with the most need to be a level above. That way you're striving to get to where they are, even on a subconscious level. So you're bettering yourself all the time to get to that point. Does that make sense? Absolutely. When I even tell people to play on that, I ask people to put your hand up. Yeah. You know, if you put your hand up, you have five, you know, well, I guess four fingers and a thumb. However, if you put your one hand up, you'll feel strength behind that. Mm-hmm. 
So that's what we're looking at too. You know, you're looking at the five closest people to you. There's a lot of strength behind that sure. and a lot of energy that goes into that. So you're absolutely right. Depending on what type of energy and strength that they're giving off, you're going to adapt very closely and very similar to that. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. That's a very powerful concept. And, and then when you get those five guys, especially if you're working together or, any, or anything like that, you bring that team around you, then you can start to mastermind with those guys, right? And that mastermind group really starts to create something that's, that is uh, pretty spectacular. I mean, you can really build some, some great businesses that way and, and you can build those very cool models that way and really make some great things happen, especially if everybody has the same goal, you know? So again, with Smart Wealth, this is the, this is the gist, wealth, entrepreneurship and wealth, not just monetary wealth, but familial wealth and everything else, everything that goes into having wealth, you know, especially being happy with your life. And there's no trade-off. Okay. There's no trade-off between wealth and happiness, but there's, I know a lot of wealthy guys that are, that are very happy. I know a lot of wealthy guys that are very sad. So basically the money is just going to make you more of who you are. And, you know, happiness doesn't come from wealth, but happiness definitely doesn't come from poverty. <laughs> and we're talking about happiness, time and value, all that good stuff. For the people on the line that don't know, the best thing is what we do here is we're not telling you that you have to work another 40 hours a week or another 80 hours a week to get into what we're doing here. Aren't we trying to do the exact opposite and introduce leverage to people, introduce value that we bring to the marketplace, no longer more the hours that we work? Man, Vincent, the thing is, bro, is that what most people don't understand is that they don't work for their time if they, if, or they don't get paid for their time. If they got paid for their time, they could stay at home. Okay, what they're getting paid for is the value that they bring to the marketplace. So the more value that you deliver, notice I said deliver to the marketplace, that's what they get paid for. So if you're a barber, if you're selling cars, if you're a mechanic, or if you're an author, the more people that you help, the more money you make. So like Zig Ziglar used to say, the more people that you can get what you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And that's the bottom line. It's the value delivered to the market, whether you're selling lotions, potions, or automobiles. It's the amount of value that you're putting out there that you're delivering to the marketplace. So the market tells you how much you're worth. You know, it's not your employer holding you down or whatever. If you want to be more, if you want to make more money, bring more value to the team, bring more value to the business, bring more value to the market overall. So when we're out doing our, our marketing, the things that we do and utilizing the leverage of our capital, utilizing the leverage of the internet, utilizing the leverage of our employees, we are blasting out to the market, trying to show as many people this methodology as we can to help them leverage themselves, even leverage their credit in many instances, okay, so they can create passive income for themselves. You see, most people don't even know that that's available or even possible, you know, but we so, can show so them how So basically to do like the matrix, we're trying to free people's mind to hear, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Uh, as far as the matrix is concerned, I'd, I'd say that that's a good analogy, actually, because there's all these people just going life, living life, living Living life, living life, and not thinking about, hey, there's something better out there, a better way to do exactly what they want to be doing, but they're like on this little hamster wheel, and they don't see the exit ramp, you see? And we show them the exit ramp and show them how, right. how to do that. Right? We, we do more than that. Don't we leave some breadcrumbs too so they can follow the trail? <laughs> yeah, totally, man. We, we, we have signs, breadcrumbs, you know, roadways, highways, all that stuff, man. It, it's a really great process when we start red pilling people on what this is, how this works, and how to utilize it themselves, utilize their 
utilize what they already have, assets they don't even know that they have. In a lot of cases, that's credit um, to create wealth and passive income and just show them how to do that on a massive scale and show people how that they can break free from that rat race, especially with the advent. You know, we don't have time today to talk about this now, but with cryptocurrency and stuff like that, there are so many platforms out there now that are just crushing it. And, you know, there's just so much passive income coming in today more than ever. It's really something to truly behold. But, um, but yeah, man, Vincent, this has been good, brother. You know, we have, if you look down in the description here, if you're on YouTube, you're watching this on YouTube, look down in the description and you'll be able to see our Twitter feed, our Instagram feed, our Facebook page, all that stuff where you can connect with us and make sure that you like and subscribe this video. Please leave a comment down below on what you want to hear. If you comment down below and you like our video or don't like the video, just, you know, say, let us know. Hey, Jeff, Vincent, I think that you guys are awesome. I, and I want to see more of this kind of stuff. And here's what I want to know about. Or let me know, Jeff, I think you absolutely suck. You know, I think this video blows and, and we, we don't want to hear any more of anything that you have to say. Go ahead and leave it down there in the comments and let us know what right. you think. Um, I don't know if we can learn the sign language overnight, but we can work on that, guys. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> but, um, but guys, thank you very much. Vincent, appreciate your time, brother. This has been great. And let's, uh, let's rock and roll. Until next time, guys. Take care. Bye-bye.